What is up? How are you? I'm doing really well. Good. Back with another episode uh, of All Gear No Game. And this one, we're basically just going to break down the upcoming fight nights and just kind of talk about whatever. So, yeah. Yeah, I like got the, uh, co- the coordinated hat and shirt again. Thank you. Yes. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay, so did you do a little bit of research regarding the uh, Joseph Benavides versus Davison Figueredo fight? Yep, and I've got some picks for the uh, entire front card. But oh, wait, you got picks up and uh, the whole thing? Just the or just the main, ones. just the main, just the main, just the five main ones. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you went hard. <laughs> no, not that hard. No, it's I've actually- got. I've got to pace myself a little yeah. bit, you know. It's actually super hard because a lot of these guys, it's their debut, and I don't know if there's a lot of footage on them, <laughs> on the yeah. like on the undercard. Yeah. Do you want to talk about some of those ones a little bit before we get into the main ones? If you want to, yeah. I mean, I don't know too much about some of these cats, but I can look. Oh, Joe Duffy's on there. He's pretty good. He actually lost to Mark Jacasey, who's on the opening. He was on the main card. But besides him, I don't really see too much that is exciting, but I'm sure there'll be something crazy. Oh, Montel Jackson looks good. Okay. Montel Jackson versus Brett Johns. I like Montel because he's got a good win over somebody pretty good. I just looked at his um, record not too long ago. Oh, yeah, he beat Brian Kelleher, which is pretty impressive. That guy's a beast. But and the besides- one thing... I've kind of noticed just from like, obviously I haven't been watching UFC for very long, but mm-hmm. I've noticed the prelims are often a bit of a toss up. In terms yeah, of, no, that's exactly know. it. The odds mean nothing. Yeah. Cause but you yeah. never know like who's going to show up and that sort of thing when they're on the bit of a lower level, but especially wanna... now more than ever. Yeah, for sure. Do you want to get into the main main card sure yeah let's do it (laughs) so i actually know what i'm talking about (laughs) yeah me too honestly if if you don't go with askar on this one you're crazy (laughs) i i I didn't go askar i went alexander yeah i went with alexander which is a bit of a safe pick i guess but this is kind of the biggest fight of askar's career so far right Mm -hmm. like he only has like two in the ufc yeah, he just came over from like a different league or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, Pantoja is the guy he's fighting. And <laughs> <laughs> I just think Pantoja's a bit of a tough, tough matchup for Askarov in one of his first UFC fights. So it think, could very well be. I think that'll be a bit, a bit of a learning curve for Askar, <laughs> even though he could have a good career. Askar has beat. He actually had a draw with Brandon Moreno, who is one of my favorite fighters in the in the flyweight division, and then he beat your boy Tim Elliott. Oh, he did. <laughs> yeah. So maybe he will be ready for this one. I'm st- I'm still gonna go Pantoja. Though. I don't bl- I don't blame you. Pantoja is good. I I'm gonna go with Askar because I just like him. Oh, I've yeah. seen him fight a few times, and he's just a familiar face. Okay. And, and then yeah, he just looks scary too. Yeah, and he hits hard, I noticed. Mm-hmm. He comes out swinging. But then the next one I thought was the hardest one to predict. With yeah, the two I've ladies. never heard of these people in my entire life. Yeah, you know, you've got Ariana Lipsky against Luana Carolina. 
And mm -hmm. so I watched a little bit of the video <laughs> and from what I saw, I'm gonna go with Lipsky. And like yeah. I said, it's a toss up and nothing would really surprise me. I'm going with Luana. You're gonna go with Carolina. <laughs> so anyway, the Caroline, she's got a lot of energy and she is gonna get a lot of volume, which if it goes down <laughs> to like a decision, I guess it will definitely benefit her. But I think Lipsky is a bit more of a refined fighter, I guess. Does that make sense? Like, I feel like Lipsky has a bit more strategy and kind of plots her way around the octagon. And Caroline just comes out like, comes out like a barnstormer and just. I have no idea. So I cannot say anything. Yeah. but Lipsky's lost you, to Molly McCann. Yeah, she did lose to Molly McCann, which seems like it would be kind of a tough, again, like she's kind of new to the UFC. I feel like sometimes they give the new, like rising stars, really hard matchups. Like right well, away. especially now more than ever because they need to match them up with people. Yeah, so. so I feel like McCann was just sort of like she was kind of never stood a chance against somebody like that. But I feel like Carolina might be a little bit more her speed, and I think it's going to be really close. But I think Lipsky is going to get it done. Mm -hmm. I I I have no idea to toss up for me. But this next one's really exciting. I really like Mark Casey. Yeah, that's that. Uh, yeah, he's a fun I fighter. Kind of, mm -hmm. Yeah, I kind of was leaning towards Mark as well. Yeah, I, I, I like Mark Jacasey in this fight just because, um, despite his three fights, or yeah, it was three fights skid, he has two really good wins against Joe Duffy and then Lando Venata. And L Lando Venata is probably the, one of the most awkward guys in the 155 pound division. He's so weird and he gives guys problems he even gave tony ferguson an issue and tony ferguson's one of the top fighters in the division so i really like mark jacasey in this one and then fiziev is kind of one of those guys who if he's gonna win <laughs> usually wins on like a knockout sort of thing really right? i have it's just is he's only had a couple fights in the ufc yeah i think i feel like he's one of those just really aggressive sort of guys but i know that d casey's like never been knocked out before and he's got he's a pretty like strong guy with some good endurance so i think that Raphael might have a bit <laughs> of a hard time bringing him down and oh, and so i think yeah i think dia casey can just sort of outlast him and hang on for the win yeah i can see that but this next one is a barn burner yeah, this jack, next one. jack hermanson's gonna be fun it was another really hard one to pick i thought mm-hmm yeah, Hermanson was on like a six-fight win streak. He then he lost to Jared Cannonier, who's a beast. Um, and then Kelvin Gastelum fought Izzy Adesanya, gave him one of the hardest fights of his career. And then he had a fight against Darren Till. So I think he's on a two-fight losing streak right now. I yeah. believe so. But they're both really good middleweights, and they've beat really high-level competition. So I have no idea in this one either. No. Are you, do you do you even have a I'm, prediction? I'm I'm leaning towards Gastelum just because he's fought the best of the best in the division, and yeah. Jack Hermanson had, although he was on a really good, uh, uh, win streak. The fact that he lost to Jared Cannonier could mean that he's not on the same level yet. But we, it's only time will tell. Only like we'll see tomorrow. Yeah, that that's kind of how I felt too. Just a bit of a toss up, 
And like, that's the way it sort of is in the odds. Like these are, they're pretty much just made it a pick them. I ended up just for my prediction. I went with Hermanson because the thing I thought about Gaslam when I was watching his videos and stuff is he's got like an iron jaw and he stands in there and he's got good endurance and all that stuff, but he doesn't really like do much either. Like he doesn't like land a ton of blows and, and he doesn't like touch his opponent very much. He has Which, good power though. Yeah, he's got good power. But I just think over the course of like three rounds, I just think Hermanson can sort of like rack up more points. And so it's, po- like it's a possibility. Also, you have to um, take into account the uh, reach and height differentials is pretty fat. Like uh, Hermanson is a longer, taller guy in this fight, yeah. which could play a factor, but it didn't play much of a factor in Kelvin's fight against Israel Adesanya. So I don't know. Yeah. Kelvin Gaslam, he's just a, he's a, he's just a scrapper. Cause Calvin's like pretty small for the division he's in just in general. So he's kind of used to being like, mm-hmm. having yeah, the, he has to adapt. Game. He has no choice. Yeah. I really like both of these guys a lot. Or Jack Hermanson's yeah. a really cool guy. And Kelvin yeah. is a really good guy too. This could easily be the best fight of the night. I feel I, like I think it, I think it will be. Um, I wish both of these. I wish the co-main and the main. I mean, I wish the co-main was five rounds too. I wish this fight was five rounds. Mm-hmm. To be perfectly honest, if there was not this fight on there, I would not. I probably wouldn't want to tune in as much. Yeah, the headline. The headline one has some really good storylines attached to it in terms of like the people who are fighting. But probably just in terms of the actual fight, it won't be as exciting as some of the other ones further down the card. I agree. I think that in this, in Davis and Figueredo, he's good, but I just think Joseph Benavides is, could, I think he's going to win because he was landing some, I think he was landing, I rewatched their fight. He was landing some big shots and he won the first round of their first fight pretty decisively. But the thing with um, Deveson is that uh, I, I have a problem with his name. Like if you say like G, I think it's just Deveson, Deveson Figueredo. Um, he's, he's got some pretty heavy hands, but he gasses out pretty quickly. And also he's really good ground. He has a really good ground game, but I don't think this fight's going to go to the ground. I think it's going to mostly be stand and bang. Yeah, which he knocked out. Ben Benitez just a few months ago, but <laughs> yes, but you have to take into account the fact that there was an illegal headbutt that took place, and then Joseph's head just like it was like so much blood immediately, and then he pops him, and so it's like it's not surprising that you get knocked out. He lost so much blood and like um, blink of an eye, and then he gets cracked. He was already wobbled from the head, but I don't think that that it wasn't even a shot that disoriented Joseph. It was a legal shot. No, but then Ben Benitez probably got a few concussions because like he probably got one from the head, but. And then figure <laughs> he gets cracked. And then there was some ground and pound too. Like <laughs> once he got him down, he wasn't super quick to end the fight. So I know. Oh. <laughs> ben Benitez took a beating in that one. Yeah, so. Joseph. He's been. We. I think I talked about this last time. He was like complaining about his um, depression, and he's been having crying episodes, and he thinks it's a 
Well, I, he doesn't think he knows it's um, due in part because of <laughs> the brain so trauma. <laughs> that basically leads my prediction into like Ben Benitez has like had a very good career and he's obviously been like a really good fighter, but like he's 35 years old, five months after taking an absolute beating. And now he has to go back. He didn't off. take a beating. He had a really tough 20 seconds. Yeah, had a tough 20. Well, he, I mean, he probably had like. Up until that point, not much happened, I don't recall. I mean, he took five rounds of beating in that 20 seconds. So five rounds worth of it. I mean, the only thing that disoriented, though, was a freaking he got, headbutt. Well, yeah, and it was definitely illegal, but the, my point is he got messed up. And no, he did. He definitely took um, a lot of damage, which is – that stuff just adds up over a period of time. Yeah, no. But you could I'm, see – you think um, Figueredo is going to win, huh? Uh, yeah, I think Figueredo is going to win. I just really want Benavidez to go out on top. I don't think the fight's going to last five rounds either. I think Figueredo is going to go back for Walk round. through him? Yep. Really? Yes. Yeah. Um, so basically, that's 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 it, I guess. I mean, the um, there's not really much to talk about, but um, in that fight, besides the fact that, I mean, yeah, that main card, that's about it. You know. Yeah, the prelims aren't quite as exciting mm-hmm. as what we've been seeing recently. Yeah. And even like the main card, even there are some obviously intriguing storylines, but not as good as Wednesday. I'd be surprised if it was as good as Wednesday's was. You know, the the, the prelims Wednesday were insane. But I have a question. So um, based off the fights that you've seen so far and have been following, what are like some dream matchups that you would like to see? Oh, that's a tough question because I don't know most of the guys I will say. I really liked my favorite guy who I've seen so far was actually – uh, what was his name? Munir Lazez from. Yeah, he's inter- He's a cool guy. Yeah, and he's still super young, isn't he? So yeah, like, he's he's got his career ahead of him. So I'm kind of looking forward to seeing seeing what's in his future. So I and guess I- my dream matchup would just kind of be to see Lazez go up against the next guy in his division and just get a oh. shot, work his way up. You know? It's actually hilarious. In his post fight interview, he called out Mike Perry. Yeah. And uh, you know, did you see, do you know who Mike Perry is? No. Okay. You got to look him up. He's, 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 I like him, but he's kind of crazy. And he just got in trouble the other day for, um, lashing out. He hit like three people at a bar. (laughs) He got in a fight and he like knocked out an old man and you should watch the, I'll send you the link to the video, but he was going crazy. And then his girlfriend was trying to calm him down and he was just, he was just saying a lot of bad words, a lot of expletives. I mean, all the gyms and stuff are closed, so he probably has to like practice somewhere, you know. Yeah. So. He doesn't even have a team because I he's just kind of a wild card, I feel like, and a lot of people maybe don't want to deal with him, but I, it would be hilarious. Munir wanted to he wants to knock some sense of him and make him more respectful. That would be such a funny fight. That's that's my dream matchup then. What's his name? Joe Perry? Mike Perry. Mike Perry. Yeah, my you dream. You have to look him up. He's a character, dude. Lazez versus Perry. I want to yeah. see that. Could you imagine if they just propel Lazez into it? Like it, because t- Mike Perry is a legitimate guy who he's not quite. Uh, 
a contender, but he's definitely up there. And it, could you imagine if they just put Lazez up there and he beats it? I honestly, I will never count Lazez out ever again. Um, yeah. After seeing the shots he was taking. Yeah, you can't. All Hassan. would not go down. Hassan's a tank. I could not even imagine what it feels like to get popped on the chin by him. And he was just taking it. And then he was smiling after. And then he starts throwing flying knees. It was incredible. He was so good in that. Yeah, fight. he's a super fun fight. It's crazy that I'm pretty sure I forget how exactly that fight came about, but apparently someone just told Dana White about him or something like that. Yeah, I think he got the his, fight. Yeah, one of his friends ran into Dana White at like a restaurant or something and showed him the video of Lizzo's fight fighting or whatever. That's and insane. Dana White was just so impressed that he gave him the fight. That's pretty crazy. It's that's it's crazy. awesome how there's just sometimes talent out there that un- goes undiscovered and you can yeah. be a complete beast and it's all about just getting an opportunity. How far do you think Lizzo's could go in terms of climbing the rankings? Do you think he has what it takes to get to the top? I mean, a chin goes a long way in winning fights, and he seems like a long, athletic guy. So sure. if he, I guess if he keeps working at it, I don't see why he like, should have any limitations. I don't think, see him beating Kamaru Usman or Jorge Masvidal, though. But yeah, but like, think about it this way: like, Al Hassan's like a super established fighter in the UFC, and he's like ten and one. Well, before the Lizzez fight, he was ten and one with all 10 of his victories coming in first round knockouts. And he gave Lizez like everything that it should take to knock someone out. And Lizez was still standing. So I saw the tank. Yeah. I think it says a lot about Lizez that he was able to survive that. And yeah, I had a really good. Oh, he's 32. Oh, he's 32, so he's kind of at the end of his... He's got to... Actually, he should fight Mike Perry just for funsies. Yeah. Because, I mean, Mike Perry, his name alone is enough to carry the weight in in a fight, like to get people watching. So if you you pair Mike Perry up with anybody, that'd be hilarious. Because it doesn't seem... I mean, 32 is not that old. You see guys in their mid to late 30s that are fighting for titles, but... It's kind of funny to just get started, though. Mm -hmm. But you made a good point, though. Razak is a pretty well-established fighter. Yeah. Who is scary and well-respected. So, I mean, if he did it that well, that's just kind of insane, honestly. Dana White threw him to the Lions. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and he took all of all Hassan's best shots and uh-huh. and his post fight interview Dana White gave him love after he's like bro that was sick because he yeah. was not expecting him to win I don't think <laughs> I I wasn't a big fan of the post fight interview like as oh, much yeah. as I like Lizez I couldn't understand a word he <laughs> oh he's really soft spoken yeah he has such a soft like, voice it was so yeah. funny what do you think funny. of the wait what it was funny because he was like obviously talking crap and like calling out Mike Perry, but he was doing it in the softest voice. Ever. I know. Yeah. He's, yeah. he just seems like a really nice guy. Yeah. He seems like a good guy. What do you think of the interviews? Do you th- I honestly think if everybody is, um, they're probably following guidelines, but if everybody's tested, I like the in ring interviews way more. Is that how they usually do? They it? usually do. They announcer will go like Joe Rogan or someone will go in the octagon and then interview 
the oh, yeah. post fight, but now they're doing this two screen things. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's a little bit hit or miss because these guys are so overwhelmed. If they win, they forget to take out their mouthpieces and stuff like that. They don't have someone telling them to take it out. And then also the microphones are hit or miss sometimes too. Yeah. Cause you yeah. saw it with, um, Lazez, he barely talked and you couldn't understand anything. Right. And your post fight interview is a good way to promote yourself. How often when the fighters ask for a certain opponent, like how he asked for Mike Perry, do the, does UFC usually listen and give them that person? Or is that kind of rare? Um, I think that the UFC does their best to try to put guys with guys that they want to fight, but you also have to feel, I feel like you have to have a little bit of clout too, in order to call your shot. Right. Yeah. You can't just win one fight and immediately want to fight. Mike Perry, he, the UFC told him after watching his video that they said that you need some serious mental help and um, counseling <laughs> and counseling. So I don't know if he's going to be back anytime soon. Wow. I really, I feel really bad for the person that's has to count be the counselor of Mike Perry. Yeah. <laughs> a tough job. Could you imagine telling him something that he doesn't want to hear? And you're just like, <sighs> that'd be really scary. That'd be terrifying. Mm-hmm. But when you're a guy like Jorge Masvidal, you can basically call out whoever you want. Yeah, especially because like the fans are gonna want to see whoever you call for. So like it'll be great for like ratings, even if it necessarily isn't necessarily like a top notch fight. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. But when you pull when you pull numbers and when you have a lot of it, a lot of weight behind your name too, it's kind of. It, they kind of do it sometimes, especially with Conor McGregor's and stuff. They don't, it's kind of frustrating. They don't stack cards. If you have like a really big headliner, they'll know you buy it anyway. So they won't put a lot of good fights. I feel like a big reason why besides fight Island, they didn't, they put other championship fights um, under Kamaru Usman is because he's not necessarily the most exciting guy to watch. Yeah. Even though he's probably like one of the best fighters in the world, he's just, no, he is no doubt probably one of the best fighters in the world. Just a boring style to watch, but yeah, that, but it's effective though, especially it's fun. If you want to see the person that he's doing it to get beat up like I did, but if I was a Jorge Masvidal fan, I'd be pissed. Yeah. That card was just stacked from top to bottom. It was, it was, that was just a real, that was, Peyton Van Zandt didn't deserve to be on the main card, though. No. But I mean, she's <laughs> another one like Masvidal who just has a lot of fan interest, I feel like. that For sure, for sure, yeah. But, yeah, that fight was... A lot of people thought it was boring, but I think yeah. it was fun. That Usman versus Masvidal. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, I, I want to see... I, I do, I do want to see a rematch. Not soon, but in... A, and I don't know, like maybe next year because, or not even next year. I just want to see a rematch because I'm interested to see how much better Masvidal could be on an actual camp. That's true. Yeah, I think that I think Usman could still. I think it's gonna be a little bit of the same. Yeah, Usman was just like too. He just dominated so much. It was it's hard to see how like Masvidal could come close to beating him. Yeah. Well, Masvidal after the fight he was like I think I have what it takes to beat him or whatever but at yeah. the same you know what Usman is going to do his game plan is not too complex but yeah. you're still going to have a lot of issues stopping it 
and I didn't necessarily believe all the stuff Masvidal was saying about being unprepared or caught off no, guard or anything. No, his takedown defense was on point. Yeah, and, and he, was, he, in order to do that for five rounds, stuffing takedowns, that's exhausting. Yeah, and it, he definitely had been training and all that. So, hundred percent. What? I don't think he. I don't think he's going to come any closer to beating Usman if they fought again. Mm-hmm. One of his teammates, Dustin Poirier, even said he's like, "This isn't a guy coming off the couch." No, in training for no. sure. And that I think that well. it's just annoying when people are saying that it's six. Sure, it's six days notice or whatever, and that's going to be a pretty extreme weight cut. But he has been preparing, so when he's eventually in the octagon, he knows what's coming. And I, I, I think it'll be a little bit, a lot of the same stuff. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of people think that for sure. Yeah, I would definitely agree. Um, so out of all the fights that are happening tomorrow, you think that uh, the Hermanson Gaslam one will definitely stand out? Yeah, I think that'll be, that's just the one that's the most, that's going to be like the most exciting fight. I, mm-hmm. I'm probably most intrigued by the headliner with Ben Benitez, just because like, he's got, you can tell he like legitimately like hates the guy he's fighting, which I feel like will make it mm-hmm. sort of exciting. But I don't really expect it to be a super close fight. Do you expect uh, like a third round knockout or something? Pro- uh, probably. I don't know if I'd say third round, but I don't think it's going to be a decision. You know, mm-hmm. if if um, Figueroa wins, it's by it's by a finish. If Benavidez wins, I think it goes the distance. Okay, yeah, I could see that for sure. I don't know, though. Benavidez is pretty solid. He has some heavy hands, too. But I don't know. Yeah. You never know. It's just so tough coming back. I was like a 35-year-old, which, like you were saying, isn't too old, but it's definitely like... He's definitely it's not your prime. Than, yeah, he's older than Figueredo. And odd, after he's been dealing with concussions and headaches and all that sort of negative effects of the last fight... And then just immediately gets to fight the guy who did that to him. It just seems like sort of tough circumstances for Ben mm-hmm. Benitez. I'll be, re- I'm rooting for Ben Benitez for sure, mm-hmm. but I don't think he gets it done. Yeah, that's. I have a really hard time separating like my heart and my brain when predicting fights. That's a lot of reason why I get them wrong is because the guys I want to win, yeah, he, it he just doesn't happen. It's so, it just rarely happens. I feel like. Yeah, and even it happens at the higher level. Even when I have two guys that are pretty evenly matched, mm-hmm. it's still something in me that's telling me another guy's going to win, and he usually does. I don't know; it's yeah. weird. But yeah, and another thing I like. Um, apparently, there's like a, so much hate with the 125 pound division, the flyways, but there's actually so many guys there. But we can talk about that, that another time. <laughs> the flyweight division is solid. So many people hate on it because there's so little and there's not too many knockouts. And but people, Henry Cejudo got it, um, got, gave it a lot of buzz. But I like it a lot. Um, but I I made some fights that I want to happen or like my dream card. Okay, let's hear it. So you want to hear some? So yeah. I I actually I made. I did, it was actually the hardest thing in my life because there's like guy there's mo, there's guys multiple guys that I want to fight. Other, mm-hmm. Like I want Rory Masvidal to fight like three people. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Okay, yeah. so I'll just name a couple. So I want 
this fight has to happen. I want Connor to fight Jorge. Matt that, would, that would be a fun one personality wise. Mm-hmm. The smack talk would be insane. Mm-hmm. And Masvidal's already talked so much crap because Dana White was like, Masvidal's just too big for Connor. And then Masvidal ran with that and was like, I'm just too much of a man apparently for him. And then that, <laughs> that, that, made, Con- that made Connor so mad. And so I would really like <laughs> to see that fight. That's really funny. Yeah. After hearing that, I think that fight has to. <laughs> it has to. But I really don't know who would win. I would go with, I'd have to go with Connor, I think. Yeah, I think. But. Masvidal's so scary though the way he throws punches in his like his face when it changes when he gets mad he's just a really intimidating guy aren't they in a different division right now Connor's a 155er but he goes up he his last fight in January was at 170 which is what Masvidal fights at okay so Connor would just go up a division basically yeah Okay. It's basically his, the thing is he's small for the 170 pound division. So he doesn't even cut weight. He has to put on weight to fight up there. But as for Masvidal, Masvidal is like sometimes I feel like he's close to 200 pounds. And so yeah. he has to cut like 20 pounds. Dang. So we have a huge size advantage over Connor. Mm-hmm. 20th. Yeah. Um, and then I want to see Jorge Masvidal versus Leon Edwards. And so Leon Edwards, they fought back in England, I think last year. And it was when right when Jorge started blowing up. And Jorge in the background, you ha- I do. There's so much stuff that's happened that you have to see. So Jorge was getting an interview. Leon's like the third best welterweight in the world, but Le- uh, Jorge was doing a post fight interview, and Leon Edwards was walking by. He's like, "We should fight in like July 8th." And Jorge walks over. He's like, um. He's like, what'd you say, man? And he has his hands behind his back or whatever. And then Leon's like, what's up? And then Jorge just pops him like three times. And everybody gets it on camera. And Jorge, he's crazy. He was like, yeah, I just went over there all peaceful with my hands behind my back. I'm like, oh, yeah, until you started clipping him, bro. And he's just, he's something else. It's just weird, though, because all these guys talk about being um, tough. But a lot of times... They obviously are, but they kind of cheap shot sometimes. Like when they, they talk about cheap shotting, like another time, I forget, I don't know if it was Jorge, but he was saying how if he sees someone, he's like, I'm going to wait till his back's turned to me and then I'm going to crack. <laughs> I'm like, that's not saying anything about like good about your character at all, dude. Why wouldn't you just fight him like a, like straight up? Why would you wait for him to turn his back and then you crack? <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> These guys are just so it's just such a fun sport to follow. And then I want to see there's just I I literally wrote close to 20. I'll write I'll I'll do I want to see a Holloway Volkanovski 3 for sure. Yeah. Mhm. I bet that'll happen, but I bet that'll happen like in a, it, it'll be a long time before it happens again. I think Max is going to fight a Calvin Cater type guy. And then he he'll be right back his, in it. He needs to work his way back up. There, <laughs> you know, I cannot believe yeah, that makes me so mad, but I think a Holloway versus cater would be a fun fight. Yeah. I think Max eats cater alive though. I agree. Yeah. Especially. I, I don't know. I just feel Max is, a, there's two champions right now. It's Volkanovski. There Holloway and Volkanovski should be like co-champs. 
because they're it's, it, it's, it's twice. huh but Volkanovski's beating him twice in a row now. yeah 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 no oh did you a uh, fan duel is giving back everybody's bet money who betted on um max holloway to win they're get, they're giving refunds to all the people that um bet for max holloway why because they are so confident that they're they're just mad at the decision unless so, it was a meme or something but i saw it it was on instagram that's gotta, that's gotta be a meme is it, it actually i don't know but it was it was a close fight, but I wouldn't necessarily call it a robbery that Max Holloway lost. I think it was as close to a robbery as it gets. Let me let me do a fact check there, because if that that look never at, just look up Fanduel Max Holloway. Okay, I could have just spread fake news, but I saw it. What does it say? I think that you're right. It, it does it actually right. say it? That's true. That's crazy to me. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine dropping like a significant amount of dough and you're like, what? And then you get yeah. it back. That would be the best feeling in the world. Yeah. I mean, that's just kind of like the nature of betting on the UFC, I feel like, is that sometimes you're going to get like screwed over by the judges. And then I'm sure sometimes there are times when you win because the judges like call a close fight mm. in your favor. Like, I feel like you're kind of accepting the risk of, like, fluky judging when you spend money on the UFC, you know? What do you think about a live scoring system? Like a, like a scoreboard? I don't know. That's kind, of, that's kind of like the age-old debate when people, like, say, like, should we have, like, robots and automated refing in, like, football and basketball? It I takes mean, the fun out of it in a way. Yeah, in a lot of ways, it's kind of fun to have something to, like, I don't want to say be mad about, but it kind of just adds to the drama when there's that sort of, like, unpredictability. I agree 100%. Because in baseball, all different umpires, they have the different strike zones, and you have to play accordingly, and that Mm -hmm. makes it interesting, I think. Yeah, it makes it interesting. If there's just a set box and you're missing that box or something, it takes away, like, if the robot just, like, ball, ball, it takes away the fun in a way. Yeah. And, like, obviously, like, I get as much, if not more, pissed off at refs and that sort of thing than anybody. But it's just one of those things where it just is another layer of excitement. You couldn't, you can't get rid of, you can't get rid of that, I don't think. Um, I think one of the harder sports or more more popular sports that would be hard to have, uh, it would be football. You couldn't really have robots doing that unless you had instant replay to review it. But even that didn't even really work. Like I didn't even understand the pass interference. There was honestly no point of having that rule. And then I think, and this is true for football and basketball, is that if you look closely enough, there's basically a foul on every play. Mm-hmm. Like if you're looking for a foul or if you're looking for a holding or whatever, you're going to be able to find it. And like that's why you need a human who can kind of make judge well i don't want to say judgment calls but like they know the rules enough to call call accordingly like if it if it doesn't abide by what's legal you need someone to like officiate that yeah or even if like if yeah or even when it's like i guess super obvious and blatant you need to call it but when it's just something minor that's not really affecting the game even though it might technically be a foul you don't need to kind of like halt the game's rhythm just to 
blow the whistle on a minor ticky tack sort of foul. Exactly. So basically, a lot, all, like all the calls that weren't called and were called in the Super Bowl. Very great example. <laughs> I was I was wondering what the over under would be on the amount of minutes before you brought up the Super Bowl refs, and it was about thirty five minutes. So you made a you made it a pretty long ways. That's uh, that's like two times in our past three episodes, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. I can't I can't get over that. But I think that honestly, a live scoring system would just be just as controversial. Yeah, for because, sure. Because um, who is determining whether a strike's significant or just normal? Yeah. You know what I mean? Who like who would be judging that? You yeah. need someone that's actually qualified to. And it would and it would totally, I feel like, change the style of fights. Like if it was just Yeah, you'd just point. be like tap, 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 tap. Yeah, you would you wouldn't get as crazy. Stuff. Up the easy points and it would be super like boring, I feel mm-hmm. like. Yeah. I, I yeah max holloway said he'd be down to do something like that like be a, a person um to he'd be willing to be an experiment really or something like that but i just don't know the, they're just judging is difficult because everybody sees a fight differently and when you because like, as much as you want to as much as you can try to eliminate bias in a judge's eyes it's always going to be there so if, if something's not obvious they're going to try their best to like spin it and justify it in a way that makes sense to them and is what they want to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I don't think that referees or anything should be automated. I think that there should be replay in the NFL though. You should be able to challenge something if there's a missed call, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Cause there's yeah. hold, there's holding all the time, like in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, you should definitely still have the two challenges. But it also would be fun to do a, uh, I think another interesting point would be to maybe challenge plays. Like if a flag is thrown, say you're running like a stretch play to the left and there's holding on the right side of the line, it doesn't affect it at all. No. It doesn't affect the play at all, but you better know that the umpire in the backfield is going to flick that little flag out and he's going to ruin that 20 yard run, even though that holding call had nothing to do with what just transpired. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. Um, what else? There, what? Do you want to move to some football or do you, yeah, do you want to sure. wrap up the UFC first? No, that's about it. We talked a lot about the UFC. I feel like, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of you. Thanks. I'm, I'm slowly learning. About yes. It. It's good. It's funny because I've just kind of been learning about the fighters as like, as their fights have been happening. So there are some like probably super good top ranked fighters that I have no idea who they are, but I know who like Munir Lazez is just because I saw him on Wednesday. That's honestly more, that's, that's you, you sound more like a hardcore fan. If you start busting out like Munir Lazez, because there's not a lot of guys to, who's your favorite fighter? Munir Lazez. I'm like, Oh shit. Deep cut. <laughs> yeah, he's a yeah. I'm super excited to watch him again. You think he'll probably get an even better fight next time? Because they're definitely going to schedule him again, right? Oh yeah, for sure. They if you probably, win, they're going to keep scheduling you. Yeah. So yeah, I'll be super excited to tune in next time he's on. Yeah, but since we're kind of on the topic of the NFL and stuff, 
we were going to do a NFC West predictions because that's the best division in the NFL. Because who's in that division? 49ers, Cardinals, Rams, Seahawks. Well, it's just the 49ers, basically. but 49ers um, and everybody else. <laughs> basically. No, I'm just kidding. So, uh, do you, who do you think is going to come out on top of that division and then list them in order? I'd say the Niners are by far the favorite to win the division. Obviously, they're the favorites to win the NFC, so why wouldn't they be the favorites to win the NFC? You think so? I feel like a lot of people are high on the Saints. I feel like a lot of people are high on the Cowboys every year. People are, I don't know, not necessarily win, but to do well. Yeah, and I'm not necessarily, like, when it's all said and done, I might pick the Niners to win the NFC, or I might pick the Saints, or I might pick the Seahawks. Like, I like all three of those teams. The Seahawks are always in it. Yeah, all I'm saying is that just like in Vegas and in the sports books, like right now, they all have the 49ers as the favorite to make the Super Bowl out of the NFC. And so I definitely like the 49ers in the regular season to finish first. And we can like dive into the reasons later, I guess. And then in second, it's honestly tough because the Rams, I feel like, are such a big wild card that they could very easily like. They're they going to pop off or they're going to go like eight and eight. Yeah, I could see him being the one seed in the NFC, honestly. Or I could see him just totally tanking. Well, not totally tanking, but I could see him like not meeting expectations. You know, I think that their weak point is for sure their uh, defense. Well, yeah, yeah. Obviously, their offense has been really nice for a few years, mm-hmm. but ultimately, I decided going with sort of the safe pick and just saying Seahawks for the second best team in the NFC. I think I think honestly the entire division is really close. I think the 49ers were an easy pick for number 1. I think 2 through 4 is basically just a pick them. Like a, any order 2 through 4 is good. I just went the Seahawks number 2 just cuz I trust them the most out of all of the teams. For number 3, I did go with the Rams, which like, I know you like the Cardinals, and I like the Cardinals. I like the Cardinals to go second in the division. Yeah, I like, I mean, I like the Cardinals. Like I was saying, like, they could definitely be number two. I just went with the Rams just because we haven't, like, seen it from the Cardinals yet, you know? Like, we kind of know what to expect, and we know they're going to take a huge jump this year, especially defensively. We know they're going to take a big step forward and actually be a playoff contender but we just haven't seen it yet. So it's like harder for me to trust them to beat a team like the Rams or the Seahawks in the standings, you know? And then I went with the Cardinal Cardinals number four, but I, my kind of bold prediction, I guess, I think all the teams in the NFC West are going to be nine and seven or better. I think that the Niners, all their losses are going to come within the NFC West. So you think they're going to beat the Cowboys Packers and Patriots on the road, like all three of those games. They don't 100%, 100%. They're not losing anyone else. Dang. They're only losing to yeah, the Yeah, they're division. playing the Saints. They're playing the Saints in New Orleans, aren't they? Mm-hmm. And they, they play the Bills. Yeah, they play the Bills in Buffalo on Monday Night Football. So you, you, that's crazy. You don't think they're going to lose a single Dude, game. The Cardinals last year were the two toughest games of the Niners um, regular season. True. That's true. That's Kyler true. gives you fits. Yeah, and also the Niners caught the Falcons when they got hot, like when they were actually good. They lost yeah. to them late in the season too. And not to mention, 
the 49ers were dealing with like injuries all last season too, like on defense, especially. Keith so, Ford was not a hundred percent there. No, I think secondary was um, injured. Yeah. I think Marcel the, Harris had to play against the Ravens. Like we didn't have Jaquiski Tart. It was tough. The 49ers are going to be even better this year than they were last year, but they also um, like, they're not, they've just got a tough schedule, man. Like it's, like they got a hard schedule. Yeah, it's they're true. gonna prove. They're gonna earn it. They, they, yeah, they have to earn it this. Year. They start off easy though. Yeah, they're you got the, the Jets and the Giants. Yep, Jets, Giants, and then was it? They start out with the Cardinals though, right? Yeah, their first game is Cardinals at home. Then they go on an East Road trip to like the New York teams, and it. Wait, they play the Eagles too, huh? Yeah, the Eagles. That's who I was thinking of. Yeah, dude, the Eagles they, are too good too. Yeah, the Eagles are their fourth we, game. Of the, the, season. the Niners play the whole NFC East. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They play the Washington logo. They yeah. play the Washington logos. Do you know? What's the timeline for that? Do you think the Redskins will have a new team name by the beginning of the season? I have no idea. I think that they could have like a little input name right now and it could be the Warriors and then they wouldn't have to change much. But I think that they should do the Red Tails because I think that would be sick. But yeah. they have uh, other issues that are going down right now that they need to worry sure. about. That that caught me by surprise. I was not expecting. I it, it's it's not a surprise that that they're doing they're changing the name right now. In um, like while all this other stuff is going on, they're definitely doing. It wasn't it wasn't a coincidence. Let's say that much. Yeah, definitely <laughs> not a coincidence. Yeah, I mean, people have kind of been barking up that tree for. Like it feels like ever since I've been a sports fan, which has been like ten years, people have just been like talking about how the Redskins need to change their name. So it's kind of like past due at this point. I feel like yeah, for sure. Um, they, it's going to be interesting. They would have. I mean, their color scheme would probably be pretty similar, but I'm. I think that they should really try to go all out and make a pretty dope logo. Yeah, I I've always kind of been a fan of the Redskins uniforms and they're i really like them so i hope they can like keep most of the stuff just a different logo yeah Mm -hmm. uh this has nothing to do with what we're saying but have you seen the project 11 or no what's it what was the espn thing on alex smith oh i have no idea oh you haven't watched that where he get where they do like a whole like documentary of when he broke his leg and how he had almost got amputated and stuff. No, but that was terrifying when he broke his leg. I remember that. You should watch it. I think it's on ESPN plus. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I bet it is. Yeah. Cause it's like a, it's like one of those E60 things, isn't it? Yeah. It was disgusting. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was like he was fine. And then all of a sudden they took the bandage off. They're like, something's wrong. Yeah. But I th- it's probably because of their their one of the I don't think one of the only but th- they happen to be on grass which has more microorganisms than turf obviously definitely made an impact. So yeah. do you want to do your rankings for the NFC West? Yeah, so I want to do best team of football, winning, winning the division, and then I'm going to go Cardinals shock. Cardinals are going to go second in the division. I don't think that's a shock. I think that's reasonable. And then the Seahawks, Rams. Okay. I don't think the Seahawks are going to have as good a season as people think. Yeah. I just, I just think that they, I don't know. The division games mean a lot. 
And when you're going to, if I can see them dropping both games of the Cardinals, they literally lost to the Cardinals at home last year with Brett Hundley leading the Cardinals offense. But they beat the Cardinals on the road, right? Later in the season. Mm, beginning. Thing. Beginning. Oh, early. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because I remember their later game and Kenny Drake popped off against the Seahawks that game. And I'm pretty sure they beat them. The Cardinals? Yeah, wait, look that up. The Cardinals no, yeah, they, beat the they, Seahawks. They split the series last year. The yeah. Cardinals beat them in Seattle, and Seattle beat them in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And the Rams gave the Niners um, fits in their uh, last in their last meeting last year. It it literally came down to Fred Warner. They the Niners could not stop the Rams I from think driving that, down the field. And then the Fred Warner gets a pick six that kind of helped us out. And then the Niners had to convert on three third and um, longs. I think it's kind of weird last year, like the 49ers had one, of, like, even though they were fighting injuries all year, they had one of like the best pass defenses in football. So it's kind of, it's sort of strange how like the teams they struggled the most against in their division, at least were like the Rams and Cardinals who both are like one of the most high volume passing teams in mm-hmm. the league. Yeah. The Rams are so, when they get rolling, it's so hard to stop them. Yeah. Unless you get turnovers or unless Jared Goff makes stupid decisions, that's really hard to get them off the field. Yeah. And then, like, the Cardinals, even though they're, like, technically a high-passing team, it's kind of tough to include them in the same category just because, like, the offense they run, I feel like, is so different than what you it's, normally expect. It's from, like, if Kyler Murray gets hurt, it's a t- it's gone. You don't yeah, – They're toast. It's so focused around him. Yeah. Him I can't wait for this year to see what he does with DeAndre Hopkins. Right? It's going to be insane. It's going to be so exciting. I think DeAndre Hopkins is going to open up a lot for guys like Andy Isabella and Christian Kirk. Yeah. Isabella can fly. Pretty sure, yeah. He's really fast. And what? Uh, so, yeah, 49ers, Cardinals, Seahawks, Rams. And then I think that this 49ers are going to win the Super Bowl. You do, yeah. Did we, do you want to talk about them? Um, I I was just like reading about this earlier about obviously like we've known that Matt Braid has like requested a trade. Raheem, Raheem. Yeah, no. What what did I say? Matt, <laughs> Matt Braid is on the Dolphins now, yeah, right? Matt Braid got traded to the Dolphins. That's how yeah. I was thinking. Of. Yeah, but Raheem Mozart, right? Or Mozart requested a trade. I think and, that. Because he was having issues with renegotiating his contract, but it's like, dude, you're making 2.8 mil and you had one good season. Yeah, not to mention that the 49ers like don't have that much cap space, and like I feel like the cap space they because doesn't George Kittle sort of want a new contract too this year? Absolutely. Yeah, and so they should be spending their money on Kittle for sure. We have to lock up Kittle. If we don't get Kittle, that sucks. But um, John Lynch was like, George Kittle is going to be a Niner for a long time. I'm like, I hope. Yeah, because Moser like can be replaced easily. You can't yeah, replace I don't a guy. Think, I don't think Mostert I mean Mostert, he will become a feature back, but you got lucky being on the best team in the league last year. Yeah. And, and you uh, have four guys below you that are just as good. You didn't even you weren't even the starter. Tevin Coleman was the starter. And I think Tevin Coleman's gonna be the starter this year too. He will. And Jeff Wilson's really good. And then you got Savon Ahmed from Washington who's a baller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not to mention, I think Shanahan just likes Coleman better in general because he's like a bigger running back who can like 
loosen up the defense for the other guys, I think. And he's a good receiver. So, yeah, so Mozart, like, really doesn't have any leverage in this. No, if, if you want to walk, then walk, bro. Like, it's, it's kind of like my friend said it was kind of like, and even I think Nick Bosa has more leverage than freaking Raheem Mostert. But he said that would be like Nick Bosa asking to like restructure his rookie contract after one good season. Yeah. Because just because you have one good season, you never know what's going to happen in the future. No, especially like at running back, where running mm. back is like one of those positions where fluky seasons happen all the time. And it's also a position where like if you have a system like the 49ers system, like basically anybody halfway decent can like succeed and kind of work in that system. So For I know like Mozart needs the 49ers more than the 49ers need him. Mm-hmm. I agree 100%. But like speaking of trades too, like what do you think? Do you think they'll notice the loss of Buckner at all? Because like wasn't he a key in their defensive line last year? Just a little bit. Just a little bit of a key. Dude, he was a savage. He's so good. Um, I think that Javon Kinlaw will do a, will do a good job. Was it I, like I don't, a first-round draft pick? Mm-hmm. I don't think the Niners would draft him if they don't didn't think he could be a difference maker. Yeah. That's kind of cool how, like, they traded, obviously, Buckner to the Colts for, like, was it the 13th or 14th pick? Something like that. And then use that pick to draft his replacement. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, they need the, They couldn't. They picked Armstead. They picked to the, um, sign Armstead, and then they knew they didn't have enough room. They have to. Yeah. The, the Niners, in order for them to win a Super Bowl, it's got to come quick because you're gonna I, have to pay. But you'll have to pay both eventually. You're gonna have to pay Kittle, and then you're gonna have to pay guys like Fred Warner. And you want to, and you're not going to re-sign D Ford, so you're going to want to keep. You want to win while he's there, so you got a lot of stuff. Yeah, going on. Yeah, I think. Yeah, like just to sum it up, I guess this 49ers are going to be so much better than last year. I feel like because they won't. They, I mean, maybe they will, but odds are they won't get so many injuries on defense. Like, I feel like that won't happen two years in a row that they'll just be decimated. And then Jimmy Garoppolo, I think will have a big step forward this year because he's a beast. Yeah. And he's People not going to give him any credit. What? People don't give him any credit. Well, I mean like the numbers weren't amazing last year. Uh, like, wasn't he like 12th in QBR, which is like the main one, but like he definitely has the talent. He just needs, like, I feel like he throws, especially in the playoffs, he was throwing a lot of picks, which kind of, and he gets sacked a lot too. But I That's mean, his fault. Joe well, Staley yeah. gets worked. He got worked I mean, last year. 40, I mean, if anything, it's going to get worse though because the 49ers had not a bad offensive line last year and they're, didn't they lose two offensive linemen for this year? Like Joe, well, They got all, Trent Williams to replace Joe Staley. Yeah. I don't know. Savage. Yeah. They yeah, have a really good O line. Yeah, you think it'll be improved this year? Yeah, hundred and ten percent. Our weakest point was Joe Staley, and we okay. replaced him with a bigger, stronger, better guy. Yeah, so I guess maybe. Yeah, so maybe with like less pressure, I'll get sacked less. Maybe throw less interceptions because he was like accurate at least last year, wasn't he? Like, mm-hmm. and their I, wide receiver core is going to be. It's there's no one. I mean, Debo Samuel kind of solidified himself as number one. He's injured, though, I thought, right? Mm-hmm. He, like, what is 
Was it his hand or foot? I thought it was his foot, maybe. Foot, yeah. I think Kendrick Bourne will become the number one. Yeah, and then Debo Samuel hopefully will be like ready at some point in the season, maybe just miss training camp or something like that. Mm-hmm. But George Kittle is always the number one, and he's oh, an extension of the line, obviously. Yeah, I was I was just talking like in terms of wide receivers, but obviously like yeah, oh, Kittle, yeah. Kittle's like probably one of the best like receivers in the entire NFL. Like, Did you take Kittle or Kelsey? Kittle for yeah. sure. I mean, like they're both studs, but I'd say yeah, definitely Kittle. You're getting an uh, you're getting a second offensive tackle with George Kittle. Yeah, and one of the most efficient receivers. And then I thought I forgot what it was. It was on uh, NFL Live the other day. Just a crazy stat that um every time George Kittle runs a route, he averages three point three yards. So not three point three yards per reception, not three point three yards per um per like pass, three point three yards per route that's insane whoa that's crazy and he's running routes probably i don't know 60 percent of the time yeah i mean i maybe even less with how much the niners run the ball yeah yeah that's true so like that's insane yeah that's that's crazy every route he runs and now that ranked number one in every Inter- that ranked number one for receivers in the NFL. Yeah, he's a stud. My dad, we, we knew it as soon as he stepped on the f- It was early in his career. I think it was his rookie year. We were like, this guy's a beast. Mm-hmm. And there's so many guys in the Niners that don't even get shots to play that are so good. Like, I plugged in Ross Dwelly when George Kittle was hurt, and he scores two touchdowns against the um, Cardinals. Yeah, I remember a few years ago, it was probably like Madden 18, and you were using C.J. Beathard and George Kittle. And you are <laughs> working me <laughs> yeah i know i was like these guys just have a connection i did that at um up too i would go make nick mullins and george kittle i throw it up every single time i'm like these boys just have different level chemistry <laughs> i know nick mullins is good too but they could maybe use him in a trade because he's pretty solid i feel like so do you think do you think they'll trade moser before the season starts or be able to work out some deal with him I'm sure they'll work out a deal, but it just makes me mad. Why would you want to leave the 49ers? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're the only guy that would want to leave the team. If anything, just like stay on the team and keep balling out and you're going to increase your value in free agency. And you right. If you have another good season, you're going to have, you're going to be able to like, if you make- keep, if you keep like playing as good as he was playing, you're going to get paid eventually. So don't just like get greedy now, I guess. Yeah, the amount of carry, he had a little bit more carries this season than he did all his um, career prior to this. That's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, the West is going to be tough. Toughest division in football. By far. It's going to be super exciting to watch. Like, like I said, like the 49ers are the best team, but two through a four could literally be any combination or any order. It just is that wide open. And the NFC West for sure is going to get two teams in the playoffs. hundred um, percent. I think that uh, some teams that didn't do well last year that are going to make the playoffs. I think the Falcons are going to make it. I think they'll get it together. And then I think that, uh, and I think that the Bills are going to go deep in the playoffs this year. Really? Mm-hmm. 
I think yeah, that they have pretty- enough tools. They should have beat the Texans. Yeah, that was a crazy game. They were pretty much dominating the whole game, or at least the first half. Mm-hmm. And then the tides kind of turned. That was a fun game. I remember that one. Mm-hmm. I, I like the wild card games that they have like on ESPN and stuff. Yeah. That's like the only um, playoff slot they get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's- and they own, I think ESPN only started having playoff games like a couple of years ago. Like it was sort of a new thing. But then don't you think that you were saying the other day you thought the Cardinals are going to make it this year too, right? 100%. I guess Isaiah Simmons and then Buda Baker is a stud. He's probably one of the more underrated best safeties in the league. Mm -hmm. Uh, I get picks with him all day in Madden 20. Just have Buda Baker. He'll lock down any wide receiver except Tyreek Hill. That's the only wide receiver in the game that can outrun him is Tyreek Hill. But then – oh, Chandler Jones. Like what? He's, He's so good. And then you got Patrick Peterson as well. We should save our full playoff predictions for a different different one, I guess. But yeah, that's just, a little, just a little hint. Yeah. And then on offense, they obviously have D-Hop. And then they have probably the third most, fourth most versatile quarterback in the league. Yeah. Plus, just not to mention another year of like Cliff Kingsbury getting to sort of implement his system. That things Which is crazy. Things will be running like a lot more smoothly this year than they were last year. Like last year was definitely a learning year. And this is like the first year where we're actually going to see the offense in full effect, I feel like. Yeah. I think, wait, I'm going to take that back. I feel Kyler's top five most versatile quarterbacks in the league. You got to go with Lamar. Oh, no. Well, I think Lamar. I would have Lamar over Patty. I'm sorry. It goes Lamar, Patrick. Russell, Deshaun, and then Kyler. Yeah. And then I think Josh Allen's up there. Josh Allen still scares me a little bit. <laughs> he's, he's actually such a good runner, though. Yeah. <laughs> I don't trust it, though. Really? No, that's one thing. I think that Josh Allen, not, I think Deshaun Watson is better than Josh Allen, but that's the thing. Josh Allen and Deshaun Watson, I don't think that they're – there yet they kind of like if i had them they're really good playing throughout a game and stuff but if it comes down to a final drive and you got to leave me to the um leave me to the like end zone i don't know i don't think i trust you oh i trust watson i don't you don't no i don't know why he's really good really good but i just don't I would. There's a. There's a lot of guys I would pick over him. I think it's actually going to be interesting though to see because whenever he doesn't have D Hop now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because whenever I think of Deon, or Deshaun Watson, you kind of have to think of him with um, DeAndre Hopkins. Like they kind of. Yeah, they're a tandem. Yeah, now he's so, now he's got Will Fuller. Wow, I didn't even. I mean, I didn't even think about it. But I think they'll have a big effect on Watson. Deshaun. And now, but but they have. David Johnson now <laughs> they traded David Johnson for a fifth round pick or something like that right and then and then they have Kenny Stills who is in legal trouble right yeah he got arrested I'm, I'm sure <laughs> he'll charges dropped. got dropped or something though yeah but yeah. and then that's about it yeah that was their three main guys right yeah it was the text I feel, I feel bad for Texans fans Bill O'Brien doesn't know what he's doing yeah, I, <laughs> I would hate to be a Texans fan. <laughs> You're one, I mean, one of your two-star players is just 
gone. For nothing. Huh? For next to nothing. I mean, we'll see. Maybe it's David Johnson's reincarnation. Maybe he becomes like Todd Gurley or something. He better. <laughs> he ha- he has actually so much pressure on him. Well, yeah. actually, I don't know. He's he I like David Johnson. He just got replaced by Kenyon Drake for sure. Not to mention he's always injured, it feels like. <laughs> yeah, his health is not all the way there. Um yeah. but, so anyway, Anyway, yeah, we'll be better save the Texans for when we do the AFC South. But well, yeah, for sure. All I'm saying is I feel bad for whoever is the Texans. Man. They got the Cardinals have a lot of weapons <laughs> now. Oh, they do. They got D yeah. Hop, Christian Kirk, and then their Kenyon Drake. Offense is going to be so much fun to watch, and their defense is going to be improved too. You're kind of talking me into the Cardinals. Buda Baker, I'm telling you, underrated star player. Yeah. Maybe I might and have Chandler to Jones superstar. Like yeah. they're gonna be an issue for so many teams. I, I might have to rethink it and move them out of the fourth place in the NFC West. You're definitely convincing me. But here's I'll, the thing, though, they are kind of they could be in the same boat as the Niners because the Niners were always on the like for the like for not the first year, but um, like the second and third. Or yeah, I think the second and third year of Kyle Shanahan, because it's is his fourth year now, or fifth. I think I yeah, I don't know right now, but his first couple of years they were always because remember they went um, six and uh, twelve, mm-hmm. yeah, and then, and then they went five and thirteen, you know, because yeah, they won their last six games with Jimmy G or whatever. Yeah, it doesn't they were always yeah work. they were always like we're right on like. And then, and then the year they went five and thirteen, they or not? What am I? They play how many? They play sixteen. Yeah, so five and eleven. But why like, am, why am I saying that? I don't know. They won I'm their so, last. I'm five so eight, dumb. So. I'm so dumb. It doesn't but, matter. Um, yeah, they were always on. They literally lost so many games with like three they, or less points. Yeah, and it could be another one of those kind of seasons for the Cardinals, though. True. Yeah, I could see it like that. They're almost yep. in the same boat as the Niners early in there. Yeah, and we've seen them like compete on a high level with like the best teams in the NFL, and that was last year, and they're way better this year. So like, they're yeah. I think you've talked me into the Cardinals. I I actually like them a lot now that you're saying it. I like the Cardinals, and it's Kyle just Murray's so, the, one of the uh, most exciting players to watch. It's just so hard to pick a team ahead of like the Rams and ahead of like Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. It's hard to like pick a young team who we haven't seen it from to like be I don't understand the Seahawks. They they have the Niners number. Like they it's almost like they know what the Niners are doing. Like I don't understand how the Packers can beat the Seahawks and then we freaking destroy the Packers. Yeah. Like that doesn't make sense. Imagine though how much of a big, how crazy it would have been if the Niners lost to the Seahawks and then would have had to go to Lambeau. Wait, say that again. Imagine how crazy it would have been if the Niners lost to the Seahawks, if they actually called pass interference, you know, in the end zone. Oh yeah. Yeah. And And then they would have scored. That whole sequence was the most stressful time of my entire life. Yeah. Remember, wasn't it fourth down? And and they had to literally get to like the one half yard line 
and they did. Yeah. But yeah, the, the Seahawks are just, I feel like, one of those teams that... They always have the Niners number. And, and as long as they have, like, Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll, they're just going to be dangerous no matter what. Russell and the, the thing about Seahawks games is they're always, like, really weird for some reason. Like, I feel like when the Seahawks play, especially when it's in the playoffs and especially when they're playing the 49ers, like, the games just always are weird for some they're reason. They're never out of it. The Niners yeah. literally could be up 28-3. to 3. Yeah. And then they won't score in the second half. That's how yeah. it goes. It's frustrating. Russell Wilson's the most annoying player to watch. Really? Oh, he's sacked. No, wait, he spun out. Oh, he pumped it. Oh, 50-yard touchdown to Tyler Lockett. Yeah, that's, no. that's only annoying if you're a 49ers fan, though. Like, for me, is one of the most exciting players to watch. I hate Russell Wilson. Yeah. Rightfully so. He's ruined a lot of my childhood. Yeah. <laughs> He has. He's literally like scarred me for life. Like remember, remember when we were like in eighth grade and Russell Wilson and Colin Kaepernick were both super young and it was like everybody was saying how for the next decade Kaepernick against Wilson was going to be the biggest <laughs> rivalry in the NFL. It's hilarious. Yeah. Would you rather have Russell or Lamar? Uh, for if, if if I was starting, that froze him. If I was if I was starting, what do you mean? Like in terms of just this regular season? Just if you had, if you have this upcoming season and win a Super Bowl, who do you got? Russell Wilson. Because hmm. the wrong answer. I I'm I'm just gonna assume my team goes nine and seven, maybe eight and eight, nine and seven, just barely gets a wild card spot. In a high leverage playoff game, like in the, in the conference finals, conference semifinals, there are very few quarterbacks who I'd rather have than Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson just elevates his game more than anybody in the playoffs. Yeah, if I have to have a game winning drive, Russell Wilson's the second quarterback that I would have. Yep, yep, for sure. He would. He's the second. Jimmy G. I would always have Jimmy G. You got to ride or die. Yeah, <laughs> you got to yeah. ride or die. But if I could have a second guy, it would be Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers. Russell Wilson has the clutch gene, I feel like. Yeah, doesn't he have? I forget what his record about fourth quarter comebacks and winning is like out of this world. Yeah. Like the amount of wins he's had coming like from down, it's crazy. I forget what it is though. I'm obviously like when it comes to the NFL, I don't really like have a team, you know, like I don't have a favorite team like you do. But like obviously for like particular games, I'm always rooting for like like a different team like Mm -hmm. i always end up picking a favorite but i feel like you can measure how good a quarterback is by how much he scares you you know no russell wilson's the most terrifying quarterback russell russell wilson and lamar jackson terrify me yeah because with russell wilson it could be like third and 16 (laughs) i it's it's never over until they're the punters their special teams is on the field yeah that's what scares me the most because Russell, so, like four guys will grab him. He'll spin out. He'll juke one out. And then the, oh, the whole entire defense will be down the field. And he runs for like 15 yards and then does a stupid little baseball slide right over the um, first down marker. Or he'll just, or he'll just direct track. He'll just run around in circles and then he'll direct traffic. He'll be like, Tyler, get open. And then he'll just chuck it. And then he's wide open on the sideline. 
next podcast we're gonna have to do like our top 10 or 15 quarterbacks in the nfl i think that would be yeah. a fun segment i think that it's pretty obvious the top five though who's your top well yeah probably wait russell Patrick. Okay, in order, in order, it goes Patrick. Oh, yeah. In order, it goes Patrick, Russell, Lamar, um, Drew Brees, and probably Tom. No, Deshaun Watson's up there. Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers, I think, still is at least in the conversation. Yeah, Tom Brady's top ten for sure. Yeah, I, I, Tom Brady is the one guy who I don't think I'd agree with. I'd probably put Aaron Rodgers in the. Well, but you just have to put him in there, though. Tom Brady. His man's is baller. He wasn't very good last year. Though. Oh, he wasn't. The Patriots got destroyed by the like. They're probably their biggest test of to see how good they were was the Ravens, and the Ravens stomped them. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, we'll have to do that. We Ooh. can do like top five of some of the positions, like skill positions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's do it. All right, yeah. Okay, well, this was another episode of All Gear No Game. Make sure to follow the Instagram, the YouTube, and subscribe on Spotify and Apple. And yeah, we, another, we killed it again. Yeah, absolutely. Always. Always. Okay, so we can do one on like Sunday or Monday or something. Yep. Let's All do right. one on Monday so we can talk about how Victor Hovland won the memorial. Okay. Oh, wait. Yeah, we didn't talk. This was the only episode we never talked about golf. All I'm saying okay. is that Victor Hovland woke up with that big Vic energy and <laughs> he's going to run through the tournament this weekend. Is Gary, Gary's not number one. He's no, but he's one. up there. He's, he's in the, he's, he's up on the first page of the leaderboard, but yeah, yeah we'll just have to talk about it when it's over on Monday. So right I guess on. We'll see okay. everybody then. All right. Sounds good. Okay. <laughs> bye. Bye. See ya.